Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear, and then we talk about it. This is page 387. I shook my head, unsure what to make of this. He gave a small, disappointed sigh. Ah, well, I can teach you. He thrust a black velvet sack toward me, and I took hold of it with both hands. It felt as if it were full of small, smooth stones. Brayden gestured behind him, and a pair of young men bustled into my room carrying a small table. I stepped out of their way, and Brayden swept through the door in their wake. Set it by the window, he directed them, pointing with his walking stick, and bring some chairs, no, the railback chairs. In a short moment, everything was arranged to his satisfaction. The two servants left, and Brayden turned to me with an apologetic look on his face. You'll forgive an old man, a dramatic entrance, I hope. Of course, I said graciously. Please, have a seat. I gestured toward the new table by the window. Such a plum, he chuckled, leaning his walking stick against the window air. The sunlight caught on the polished silver handle, wrought in the shape of a snarling wolf's head. Brayden was older, not elderly by any means, but what I consider grandfather old. His colors weren't colors at all, merely ash gray and a dark charcoal. His hair and beard were pure white, and all cut to the same length, making a frame for his face. As he sat there, peering at me with his lively brown eyes, he reminded me of an owl. I took a seat across from him and wondered idly how he was going to attempt to wheedle information out of me. He'd obviously brought a game. Perhaps he'd try to gamble it out of me. That would be a new approach, at least. He smiled at me, an honest smile I found myself returning before I realized what I was doing. You must have a fair collection of rings by this point, he said. I nodded. He leaned forward curiously. Would you mind terribly if I looked them over? Not at all. I went into the other room and brought back a handful of rings, spilling them onto the table. He looked them over, nodding to himself. You've had all our best gossip mongers to send on you. Beston, Pravik, and Temenlovi have all taken a crack. His eyebrows went up as he saw a name on another ring. Pravik twice, and none of them got a shred of anything out of you. Nothing half as solid as a whisper. Brayden glanced up at me. That tells me you are keeping your tongue. End of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. So we know what he knows is that no one has gotten anything out of Quoth. Also, he's got a piece of iconography with him, which is a snarling wolf's head. And I mean, I'm not one to look for deeper meaning in things in books, symbolism, you know, uh, thematic resonance. But this kindly old man has a snarling wolf icon nearby and his clothes are ash and like charcoal ash they're ash gray there is, these colors there's a lot of sinister descriptors about this seemingly harmless old man is there another sinister ash anywhere can't think of one no you're crazy nick you can't think of any masterful ashes nope. out there shant no <laughs> okay well this is another reason i think that ash as cinder is not Likely, because I think Brayden is a far more likely culprit. We know that Master Ash treats her like a brute, and Brayden, of course, he's a kindly grandfather. Uh, He would never brutalize anybody, when I think that this Brayden character knows how to get what he wants out of people. Already, Quoth is returning his kindly smile. He's like, oh, that's an honest smile. Of course, this guy's honest. Like He's getting worked. This guy is working Quoth, and Quoth is swallowing at hook, line, and sinker. This guy is as much of an operator as Quoth is. This guy knows how to wear the costume. I don't know if Quoth is swallowing it hook, line, and sinker, 
because he's aware that he's being manipulated, at least on that level. But that also might be, if Brayden is a master manipulator, that might be the bait he dangles in front of, front of Quoth for Quoth to catch and go, ah, Brayden's manipulating me. So that Quoth won't be on the lookout for a more subtle layer of manipulation that Brayden might be performing. Because as we'll see throughout the scene, Quoth is like not completely taken in by him, but he can't help but be a little bit charmed by him. And like, I think if anything, the real bait is that Brayden poses an interesting conversation for Quoth rather than just being like a gossipy aristocrat. Something that I think is sort of weird because Quoth, theoretically has his barriers up here but he's willing and has no problem showing Brayden his collection of rings which I can see as being maybe a bad idea if you're trying to to keep a low profile because it'll show instantly that all those rings are iron right but Quoth doesn't understand why that's significant until the next page I agree that it's a tactical error but he also has no good reason to say no but I do think that Brayden gets a lot of information by seeing these rings. Mm-hmm. That comes up a lot on tomorrow's page. Okay, great. I guess uh, I guess we'll talk about it then. I, can we play the pronunciation game, a game we haven't played in a while? Okay. Sure. Before we move on, I want to analyze Brayden's costume a little bit more. Just a, a tiny bit. Ready. So, um, I think that naming the patron Ash is not just... Like an, a, a word that they came up with for a couple of reasons. Quoth did the naming, and we know that Quoth is naturally good at naming. And also, the wind blew an ash leaf into his mouth. So, the wind, something that we know sort of supports, follows Quoth around, uh, suggested the name. So, I think that when we do encounter Master Ash in the real book, there's going to be a bit of synchronicity there. And two, the, uh, the Kithea much later, makes what the Kithea seems to describe as a joke when he says, stick by the mayor and you'll find out who the patron is or something to that effect. And, uh, and then he chuckles and says, you'll get that later. Like it's a joke. Mm. And here we have a person with a stick who's near the mayor. He's a stick by the mayor. We'll look for the stick by the mayor. That's all. Just a little, you know. Okay, your turn, Jeremy. Oh, uh, so there's three aristocrats named when when the mayor is rightfully through the Iron Rings. Vestin, Pravek, or Pravek. And I think the one that's going to be the most fun to try and pronounce is, uh, is Temenlevi or Temenlevi. Anyone have any alternate pronunciations for those? Yeah, I have Vest. uh, My pronunciations are Vestin, Pravek, and uh, Temenlevi. That's how I would do it. All right, so we're more or less aligned. Yeah, I feel like like the A E makes it a a more A sound, but I'm not super great at phonetics. Yeah, A E is is a tough one because sometimes it's just pronounced E, and sometimes it's pronounced A. Like mm-hmm. I've seen it, I've seen the word "demon" and written and pronounced in this way. Where yeah, like, I pronounce this word "pravek," but the "ae" tells me that I should probably pronounce it "pravek." But it might also be "prevek." Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the same way, you can spell "demon" d a e m o n, but it's still pronounced "demon," not "demon." Yeah, but that's an e a, not an a e. It is an a. What's that letter called? What's that letter called when it's a e mashed together? I don't know. I feel like that's a that's a holdover from 
ancient Greek, but I might be wrong about it. Uh, so I know we have some listeners who are who are classics enthusiasts. So if you can tell us more, oh, this is interesting. So this this character, the AE character, doesn't have a name in English, but as a letter of the old English Latin alphabet, it was called Ash Tree. Hmm. In the traditional English name, it is called Ash. Hmm. So I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know if that, like, I don't think it is, frankly. I think that's a bit much, but I think it's a neat bit of synchronicity with us reading this page and then having this conversation about this letter. Cool. That's kind of neat. Do we have anything else we want to bring up on this page before we address stuff that's coming in from the chat? Sir Forte Jones says, when Quoth returns and gets in water with his aunt, it's clear to me that Cinder is not Brayden. It wouldn't make any sense... Uh, and then SNC says, actually, what he says is stick by the mayor and he'll lead you to their door. There meaning the Amir. The Amir's door. Okay, well, I definitely don't think Cinder is Brayden. I think Cinder is Master Ash. And I've never thought you that thought, Master sorry, Ash You was think Cinder. that Brayden is Master Ash. I think that Brayden is Master Ash. I think that Cinder is not Master Ash. I think they're different. It may be Chandrian. I think it's more likely that he's an Amir. That he is, I think he's the stick by the mayor, and it's more likely that he is the Amir who's like keeping an eye on. Maybe he's the one doing the poisoning. You know, if Cotticus is the is the Patsy, if Cotticus is the Patsy, then maybe Brayden's the one doing the poisoning. Dig also, it. it's it's like one of the it's one of those situations where we're running out of suspects. It's like in a movie, you know, if Colin Firth was playing Brayden, and it would be like, well, there's no other stars in this movie now. So it has to be one of the last, it has to be Colin Firth because he's the last star. And then it is Colin Firth who's the, who's the poisoner. So you heard it here first listeners, Colin Firth, he poisons people all the time doing poisonings. <laughs> I think someone, Jordana once said something like, are the Amir and the Chandrian one and the same? And I think that's actually the, like probably the most likely, like that they're actually factions of the same uh, group. Or they're literally the same group, just working, you know, in different directions. But you know, let's let's uh, let's not speculate wildly. No, never. We'll save that for tomorrow. Yeah. On another page. Dove the, the wind. wind.